0: listening to the qsr web podcast at the restaurant franchising and innovation summit executives from leading brands will share their success stories of the numerous ways they have innovated to grow their franchises attendees will gain insight and inspiration to help them be more progressive in every facet of their businesses register today at franchisinginnovation.com
1: Hello again and happy to have you here for the QSR Web Podcast. I'm QSR Web and Pizza Marketplace editor Shelley Whitehead and delighted that you're listening in today because I promise it will be worth your while. One reason for that is that the centrally old, privately owned QSR White Castle is in the house today in the form of the brand's vice president, Jamie Richardson. And he'll beat up in just a few minutes to talk about that brand's increasingly varied repertoire of its famous sliders and how the brand develops new sandwiches. But first, something that might one day help pay for that bag of sliders blockchain technology. Specifically, the information that QSR Web's sister site, Blockchain Tech News, focuses on through its editor, Bradley Cooper. Welcome, Coop.
2: Hello. Thank you for having me on, Shelley.
1: My pleasure. And man, oh man, has this ever been a topic of food industry interest over the last few years. So why is that? And for those who still haven't figured it all out, what is blockchain?
2: Well, I think um, everyone wants to be on the cutting edge and everyone wants the next coolest thing. And with blockchain specifically, Blockchain essentially is a decentralized ledger. So you can think of it almost in very simple terms as like a database that isn't controlled by one person. It's controlled by multiple people. And blockchain's first use case was with Bitcoin to be able to record Bitcoin transactions. But as has since expanded since then to things like, you know, looking at supply chain management or um, smart contracts or things like that. So, that's blockchain in the very
1: basic. Awesome. So, why is a digital ledger like this such a big deal for restaurant payment and even restaurant operation overall?
2: Well, the first thing that restaurants might use it for is something like uh, loyalty payments. So, just being able to Really easily push tokens for people that they can use, say, to like redeem a burger or something like that. But one area I think is even bigger is in the issue of supply chain management. I'm sure you're aware that there's been many outbreaks, especially with romaine lettuce. Well, blockchain gives a solution for that because with supply chain management, you can track where a particular piece of lettuce or piece of meat where it came from, where it went from there. So that way you can instantly identify if they're in the event of an outbreak, which strand is the real problem. And you can isolate that.
1: That would have, uh, I'm sure the um, FDA would have appreciated that during the the outbreaks recently, you know, but, but I have to tell you, there seems to be a lot of fear or maybe it's suspicion among more Luddite consumers like, yours truly. Does that trigger some hesitancy around the acceptance of virtual currencies and blockchain in general usage with restaurateurs? And and if so, how's the blockchain industry addressing that?
2: Certainly, that is a big problem. Um, there's just not a whole lot of understanding of what blockchain is, or there might be misconceptions where people think it's primarily used for criminal activity or it's primarily used by like um, fraudsters looking to make a quick buck. I think the way the blockchain industry is trying to address it right now is through two ways. Number one, they're trying to work with governments to try to develop some common-sense Regulations, just so they and other industries just know where they stand. And another way they're trying to do that is just through education. Just how can we make this simpler for people, and also how can they attract new talent to the blockchain industry so they have the manpower to do this?
1: That makes sense. I'm kind of going at it from from all directions. Um, I guess since you're the pro on this if you had to tell a researcher the top three reasons he or she would would or should check out blockchain and even virtual currencies what would those be
2: i think the the first one is obviously for supply chain management as i mentioned just the ability to examine where your products come from the second one is to use it as like a loyalty payment sort of thing like with making your own token just to sort of you know get your brand out there and do a really great campaign for example um oscar meyer did a campaign a while back where they offered bacon coins where people could redeem those to get free bacon so just <laughs> something like that is just a really nice little marketing tool the third one i'd say is just um Maybe more related to something like identity management with blockchain is interesting because you can sort of confirm who is someone's identity on the blockchain or something someone's made. So you could use that, say, for example, if you wanted to confirm customers' identity, if they're trying to access a profile, and you could use that for like maybe if the restaurant wanted. To push out some of their branded images they want to make sure that no one stole it so they can have it registered on the blockchain just little mm-hmm. things like that
1: well that's that's a big thing um that's something i would never thought about um you know i guess on the flip side of that what would you warn restrictors about up front as they begin to plunge into the blockchain
2: warning this is still an infant industry so you need to Be careful about, like, who you decide to partner with because, obviously, there are some businesses that are just in it for the short-term gain. So you need to be careful, especially with who you're doing business with, and you also need to make sure you do your research beforehand of how exactly do I want to use this. And also just to keep in mind, as I said before, it's still an infant industry, so you're not going to get a a huge, huge product right from the get-go.
1: Yeah, it's kind of the plight of the early adopter, isn't it? Um to, mm. to to kind of have to take on. Well, it 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 seems to me you you've just come up with a report you've been working on regarding restaurants and blockchain. That might go a long way toward helping educate people a little bit. Tell us about that.
2: Well, sure. Well, actually I just wanted to talk a little bit about actually one report I did a while back that talks about identity management so there was this company that put in like displays in their restrooms especially for restaurants and those displays would show ads when people would go to wash their hands and then the impressions of those ads would be recorded on the blockchain so make sure someone actually turned on the sink and someone actually got the ad so that could be useful for restaurants maybe if they want to push out their loyalty campaigns or want to push a new product but the report i'm working on now we're going to be looking at what can blockchain really be used for the restaurant industry so specifically things like prevent dealing with outbreaks and how do, how would that look for a restaurant and how would they go about deploying that so that's that's what my re- upcoming report in the next few weeks is going to look, be about
1: next few weeks to to keep looking out for that well we'll certainly let folks know about it on our website and um i know you will let folks know about it on yours i want to thank you so much for stopping in and of course to everybody who's listening please check out blockchain tech news anytime for all the ongoing news around this important and what's beginning to sound like a potentially game-changing technology for restaurants but first, hang on just a few seconds because we're coming right back with the home of that famous little square burger known as the Slider White Castle.
0: Many of the fastest growing and most successful chains in the restaurant industry are embracing innovation throughout their operations. These forward thinking brands are constantly looking for the next innovation new technologies, new menu items new marketing tactics, new training programs, etc., that will propel them to even greater heights. Come and learn these innovations at the Restaurant Franchising and Innovation Summit. Register today at FranchisingInnovation.com.
1: Welcome back. And, you know, earlier this month, White Castle debuted the slider's shaggy brother, the Sloppy Joe slider, as an LTO. Then, just last week, the brand introduced a new retail variation in the turkey slider. And those are just two of the rotating and expanding cast of Slatter characters that this longtime and really humble brand in a palatial abode has developed to capture the infinitely changing t- taste of the U.S. consumer. Today, please welcome White Castle Vice President Jamie Richardson who has graciously dropped by the podcast to fill us in on how that new slatter variation development process goes and how the variety of little square sandwiches and restaurant and retail is keeping this old brand new again. Welcome, Jamie.
3: Well, thank you. I'm
1: happy to be here. We're delighted to have you. So first off, how many slatter variations are there at the moment? And when did the brand first start sliding off new takes on its original?
3: <laughs> well, you know, as a family-owned business, we, we've actually been around for almost 100 years now. So we'll celebrate our, our 98th birthday soon. And in the beginning, at the base of all metaphysics, there was the original slider. 100% beef, steam grilled on a bed of onions, served on a bakery fresh bun with one perfect pickle. And you know, as time has gone on, I mean, today, if you were to go to our order online menu or look at our mobile app, we've got fifteen sliders that that are there as possibilities. And candidly, you know, the variations are unlimited because if you want to put uh, smoky cheddar uh, on that sandwich, heck, we don't care if you put it on your uh, uh, breakfast waffle slider. That sounds good to us. So uh, there's really a multiplier there. But uh, we've just had a lot of fun with it. and and so much of it has come from the realization, as we transitioned from third generation of ownership to fourth generation of ownership, that we were no longer a hamburger company that was always going to be part of who we are. But more importantly, we're now a slider company. And I think that's shaped a lot of our menu development as well.
1: You almost, uh, you invented the word. So you almost we, had to delineate between luge as a slider and slider as a slider. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you we love our partnership with USA Luge. They're they're incredible uh friends and great partners and turns out luge athletes are called sliders and so hey, you know, from that uh from that point of words and we've become fast friends ever since. Uh we help them recruit the new and hopefully future Olympians. Uh each year they go around city to city all summer long and and look for uh, youngsters who might have a, an aptitude for luge. And uh so it's been a great experience.
1: Yeah, that's neat. Um you know, when you were talking about all the Slatter variations, I was thinking it must be kind of like walking a tightrope to both stay true to the age old Slatter that kind of made you while also meeting the needs of uh, what's becoming an increasingly sophisticated American QSR diner. So I'm wondering how you mind that balance when creating new variations, particularly in a hundred year old brand.
3: That's a great question. I think so much of it is about being true to our guiding principles that our founder, Billy Ingram, had in mind when he started White Castle. And, you know, you go back way to 1921. Billy really believed in the idea that every family deserves a night off, that every family deserves the opportunity to dine out in a restaurant and have hot and tasty, affordable food. So no matter whatever income level you might be at, that was something that everybody should be able to enjoy. So right from the beginning, it was about providing great taste at an affordable price. And I think that's the governing principle we have still today in terms of finding those one-of-a-kind distinctive sandwiches you can't get anywhere else that are incredibly tasty, but along the way, um, offer them uh, uh, for great value. Uh, we have a great partnership with Impossible Foods, and we sell the Impossible Slider, which is a plant-based protein sandwich. It uh, looks like beef, sizzles like beef, tastes like beef. We sell that for $1.99. Uh, you know, some of our brothers and sisters uh, in the in the restaurant industry sell a similar sandwich, but but it's twelve dollars or thirteen dollars. So for us, I think it's about providing great value and accessibility, but not sacrificing quality or great taste.
1: How do you um, test all those new variations? And and what's the key to whether you add a new slider or even a side item or dessert? When it comes to those initial customer impressions, aside of course from great taste, what are you looking for? Yeah. yeah.
3: Well, when you ask that question, how do how do we test those? Uh, very carefully.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I
3: have to be a little cautious. I know you have great listenership, and I know all of our competitors are listening right now. So, uh, <laughs> but I won't be guarded. I'll just share that we really do begin and start with the customer in terms of. And, and like uh, a lot of good product development uh, processes, we've got better over, at it over time. Uh, you know, we started in 1921, our first new product in our history. Um, it was hotly debated and hotly contested. But uh, 41 years into it, in 1962, we added a slice of cheese to the burger. So, so uh, to, wow. to gear up and ramp up like we have over the last five to seven years has been amazing and fun to watch. And the process is really focused on knowing what we're good at uh, and knowing what people are looking for. Uh, you know, for instance, our sandwiches uh, are all served on buns we make in our own bakeries. and uh, We're proud of that. You know, we had a record year for bun production last year. That's kind of fun to say. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, along the way, uh, that guides us as well in terms of knowing, wow, on that two by two inch platform. You know, we we don't mind having smaller size sandwiches because we think that provides our customers and future friends the chance to sample. And so you're not all in yet. You, you know, if you buy a sandwich, and boy, I didn't didn't know. Uh, that, that wasn't the taste I was looking for. You can enjoy another sandwich without ruining the evening. So we just had a blast uh, listening to customers, taking good questions, hopefully, and then uh, letting those responses guide us.
1: You know, I'm going to change the subject a, a tiny bit in to address kind of like this increasingly green world that we're living in white castle has not only introduced its veggie slider like five years ago then the impossible slider and the approved impossible slider but what about straight salad or some other type of vegetable offering will you go that direction
3: uh you know i think for us um listening to our customers around sustainability has been an important focus and most importantly we've listened to our team members so internally One of our fourth generation family members, Shannon Tolliver, leads our efforts around animal welfare policies and sustainability. And um, that's part of our our thought process in terms of being really mindful about the triple bottom line. And I mentioned our bakeries a moment ago uh, where we make our own buns. We ship those buns out to our restaurants. We break down the cartons that the buns ship in, send them back to the bakery. And every time you see one of those bun boxes, it's got a little dot on it. And it's not uncommon to see a, a, a bun box that's been used. 35, 40 times. So I think that thriftiness is is a place and space that we believe in. With regard to menu development, uh, that really as much of a response to um, customer demand. And there was an ache for great tasting veggie sliders that could be available um, in the fast food arena. And our partnership with Dr. Prager's has been profound and good and helped us uh, get started in that arena over four years ago. And our new partnership uh, uh, with Impossible Foods has been similar. I don't know if it leads to salads or not. Um, I think anything's possible. Right now, we're pretty thrilled with uh, the menu we have and and how customers are responding.
1: Yeah. How are those Impossible Slatter sales going, by the way?
3: Oh, my goodness. Now you got me guarded again because I don't want to say too much. But uh, (laughs) we're really, really pleased with how well it's done and, and the customer feedback and team member feedback has been incredible. So, um, that's been really, really fun and good for us. And, um, and we really believe it's allowed us to talk to, um, you know, every customer who comes in, uh, whether they lean more towards carnivore or more towards vegan. And so, uh, and, and I think in, in our world and, and our colleagues, I bet feel the same way, you know, it's not always a single decision that it's kind of a, You know, people like to to spend time together and they come to our restaurants spending time together. And we don't want to miss that chance for that visit because one person in the car doesn't have something on the menu they can crave, too. So in that regard, it's been incredibly successful. And candidly, on all measures, it's been uh, very successful.
1: I guess it excites the people working at the restaurant, too, to have something a little different. uh, It does. Yeah,
3: yeah, we're so fortunate. We have 10,000 team members. This is hard to believe, but of our 10,000 team members, more than one in four have been at White Castle 10 years or more. So we've got, we, we've got the best focus group ever uh, just asking our team members good questions and, and seeing what they want to share with us. Another really fun thing about our, our operations leadership, of our top 450 restaurant operations leaders, 442 of those individuals started behind the counter at White Castle in an hourly role.
0: Uh, we love the God. eight who didn't.
3: <laughs> yeah, so it's really, we love those eight who didn't as well. But uh, <laughs> but it's something to have that kind of you know yeah we're a family-owned business, but that goes well beyond the family that owns the business. That's each of us who made uh, this work our life's work and get to spend time together, hopefully making our neighborhoods a better place and seeing the souls of Craver generations everywhere.
1: <laughs> well, I'm wondering also, trying to, to extend that idea of menu variation. Into beverages, this has been such a, such a changing category for the restaurant industry, where people are really developing things within the beverage category at their at their restaurants. Um, is anything like that in the in the words for for White Castle that that you will tell us about?
3: <laughs> I, I can share two major things uh, that that have been interesting and good. We've been in partnership with Coca-Cola since 1921, since the very beginning. Uh,
0: you know, I mentioned we
3: have 15 sliders uh, if you go to our online menu right now. But uh, in the beginning, we had four menu items total. And that was the hamburger, apple pie, coffee, and Coca-Cola. So uh, right, from the, right from the get-go, Coke's been a great partner. And we're all in with the freestyle machine. So we have that in each of our restaurants. The big commitment we made a year and a half ago and we've been really pleased with that commitment. So uh, when it comes to variety and choice, there's no better offering, we believe, than than having that freestyle machine. And uh, and our general managers and team members love that it's available. Uh, we wondered a little bit, how's that going to work at the drive-thru? It's amazing in terms of how quickly and clearly customers are able to communicate what they want, because candidly, a lot of times before they get to that speaker, they already know they want a dietary vanilla Coke with a splash of... Fanta strawberry, uh, you know, whatever their, their their recipe is, they can communicate it pretty well. Um, the other thing we've done is develop a really great real fruit smoothie uh, program that's done really, really well for us. And so we have some seasonal options that we offer. You know, last summer we did uh, strawberry lemonade. Gosh, I, I don't think I can remember what we're doing this summer right this second. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs>
2: conveniently.
3: But I did, but conveniently. But I know it's going to be great uh and and that you know candidly i think we're able to do these things because we have team members who are so willing to try things we've learned a lot we got great feedback from our our teams in the restaurants about the smoothies because we had a process where we pre-measure everything out get everything prepped at the start of each day or 24 hours but we do it every morning and uh we found and working with our different partners we could have that all ready to go without any compromising quality or taste and Anything that saves time, uh, as all of us know, back a house, helps us serve our customers better. So, you know, we learn as we go. But um, we've been really, really impressed and pleased with how that, that fruit smoothie program has gone. I'm kind of partial to the peach, but that's just me.
1: And on your recommendation, I will um, look forward to it. <laughs>
3: Absolutely. You'll, you'll love it.
1: Thanks so much, Jamie. It's always fun to find out what you all are up to. And I appreciate your time. We we, we really kind of learned a lot from you today, and it's it's always changing in White Castle.
3: The more things change, the more we crave the same.
1: <laughs> it's an every it's an every statement, isn't it?
3: We, yeah, we try.
1: Listen, that's going to do it for today's podcast. But be sure and come back next Friday for a brand new edition featuring one of the assortment of great brands in this innovative industry until then here's wishing all of you great business bye-bye